1: That's shopify.com slash offer.
0: Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright.
1: Hey, I'm Henry. This is the DNVR Buffs Podcast, uh, presented by Illegal Pete's. I'm getting kind of a late start tonight, but probably not for the reason you would expect, unless uh, you're thinking that it's because I got flamed on Twitter today, because I haven't seen pretty much any sports movie, and uh, AJ said he wouldn't talk to me until after I'd seen Miracle, but I really wanted to tell him that I closed the deal on some av-season tickets today, and that was important so i had to watch miracle before this but then also tonight was the 3 hour episode of the bachelor and i thought that was on wednesday and tonight was 2 hours but turns out tonight is 2 ou- or 3 hours and wednesday's 2 hours and so then that set me back and now all of a sudden i've just been watching tv and getting no work done because miracle turns out to be an incredible movie totally lives up to the hype um But yeah, if that's why you thought that I wasn't recording this until really late in the morning, then you hit the nail right on the head in a way that I typically don't on this podcast. But you're all here anyway, uh, and I have some thoughts about a lot of things, um, including The Bachelor and the Super Bowl and Miracle. What a great movie. They, like, I keep thinking, like, wow, I really hope there's a Bachelor, or not a Bachelor 2, a, a Miracle 2, even though I know that makes, like, absolutely no sense, because, well, first of all, first one was made in 2004, and when there's that much space between an original and the sequel, it never works out, but then also because it's based on a true thing that happened, and I actually don't know what happened in the next Olympics, but I doubt it was exciting, um, at least compared to the Miracle. I don't know. I don't know. So there's probably not going to be a second one, which I'm disappointed about because all I really want to do is watch it again. I can't believe how good the hockey scenes are. I think more than anything, I just can't believe how well they shot that and the way they like cut it to make it feel like hockey too. Where not just like the physicality, like the physicality is obvious, like eh, that I don't know. What what really got me is the way they like build and then it like stops and builds and stops just like it does in hockey where all of a sudden everything's going away and you're like oh wow this is a chance to score but then like 7 times out of 10 they don't score but that's what makes the other 3 times so exciting and i really thought that movie just hit that perfectly and i loved it what you know it is weird that i'd never seen miracle before and i'll like admit that but the reason why was because I felt like I knew the story, and so like, what's the point of watching the movie? It's almost like a spoiler, and I'm really, really anti-spoiler. Accidentally, I accidentally saw something um, about what happens in The Bachelor on Wednesday's episode, and I am really disappointed because now I feel like like I know three of the girls who are moving on, um, and... I don't want to And there are three Where I was like Yeah I know that They're probably gonna be I mean I wouldn't be surprised If they're the final three I'm not gonna tell you Who they are But I don't know But it's still just like Disappointing And I felt that same way About Miracle Where it's like I know what happens They like beat the the Soviets And whatever On the way to the gold medal They're not supposed to The Soviets are really good But It turns out Even when you know What happens There can still be A good movie about it Which totally changes The way I look at movies Um Um I can't think of another example of a movie that I know what happens at the end of it. Um, but once I do, that movie is back on the list of movies that I would be interested in watching. Miracle was so good. I don't even know what was so good about it. I, I, I honestly don't. I think like uh, the speeches were like good, but they weren't great. Like The hockey scenes were really good, but I don't think you can build a whole movie just off of having good hockey scenes. Otherwise, you could just go watch a hockey game, you know? Um, I didn't really like the interactions between the coach and his wife. Not that they were, like, problematic or anything, but I was just like, eh, not really buying that storyline. I'm just not interested in that. Again, I don't really watch movies. I watch sports. Um, I don't know. I guess, like, the cut scenes were very realistic. I think that that was, like, the tough stuff to watch. Like, when Ralph gets cut... To go from 21 to 20, that just like tugs at you, that, that poor guy. Because it's so real too, because you know like Ralph is still out there somewhere saying, wow, I could have been a part of that. Um, I could have been part of that miracle team and to not be, to be known as the guy who didn't. And most guys, most people don't even know him as the guy who didn't make the team. They just don't even know him at all. Like most of those guys turn out to be nobodies, not nobodies. I mean, they did like the most incredible thing in sports history, but then and then i guess most of them have good jobs but on that like team of 20 watching the final credits only four are working in hockey like one is and, and this was in 2004 i guess but like one was like the women's hockey coach at uh wisconsin i think um one was like an assistant coach forever, like, four of them working in hockey off of all of that, like, incredible stuff we saw, taking down the Soviets. You'd think that they would have had, like, careers in the NHL, but no, they're all, like, bankers. They're all selling insurance. They started, like, they started ice rinks, which is just so crazy that they, not only that they, like, took down the Soviets, but that they did it at the Olympics, like, it wasn't just, like, some throwaway game. Like, like you know, everybody likes to talk about how uh, the U.S. women's national team a few years ago lost in, like, just a warm-up match to one of the MLS team's U16 team or something. It's like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes that stuff happens, especially in those games where people aren't really paying attention, like the friendlies. But to do it in the Olympics is insane. Again, I don't really need to tell you about that part, because that's just what happened. But actually seeing it all play out and getting you all bought in, I don't know. It would have been really cool if I didn't know what happened at the end. I still think that that would be better. But again, the story is just so crazy that even knowing how it ends, like, sure, it it works out. It does make me realize I could never be a coach. I could never cut somebody um, in those situations. Uh, I could not just make them keep running. I would feel so bad like when there's like making them skate back and forth and back and forth there's no way I don't I don't know that is not my thing uh I took a bunch of notes too I don't even think we need the notes I think we probably need to move on but the accents I took notes on the accents boy does that just make it feel like hockey and again like I just bought my avs season tickets today um and so this just made me doubly excited and so I the reason I did is because they have like an insane deal on playoff tickets this year if you do it but oh it's just so good just so good. Um, one other note, one thing I thought was interesting, um, watching him watch film of hockey. First of all, like I have never watched film of hockey. I am a very casual hockey fan. Like I like hockey. I like watching hockey a lot. I watch almost every Avs game. But I don't like look at who's like, oh, wow, he needs to be up in, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I don't even know how to pretend to talk about it. Uh But to see him do that on the black and white, like flickery um, projector is just insane. Like, it it makes you realize, like, this is why sports are progressing so quickly now. Like, you see so many changes. Like, it's not just the analytics revolution, it's the all 22 revolution where you can actually watch film on somebody. Can you imagine trying to draft a safety back then? Like, you just can't see the back of the field. Like, you don't know what plays you're going to get. You're going to get such a small sample size. It's so, you can't, like, just. Everything, everything you document has to be by hand. So if you're like, oh, wow, he really flashed it. 322 and whatever. like, It's all just written out. And then you have to go back through the notes. And it's all just like notebooks. And you don't get to like, oh, I don't know. That looks like an awful job coaching hockey. Um, also, uh, his wife kind of hates him. Um, but again, that was just a weird storyline. And you know what they're trying to do. You you like do you have to have that tension, like he is so he cares so much about hockey that he he can't have the family life. And who knows how much of that's real, like some of it's always real with everybody who's involved with sports just because it is so draining and it takes so much of your time and like who you are as a person. But still, I, I it just seemed kind of forced. Like with all the crazy things happening, did we really need his wife to be mad at him all the time? I don't know. It Like, make him a three-dimensional character, I guess. Um, This is not a Miracle podcast, though, so we should probably move along. Um, And we're going to do that shortly. Uh, But, uh, okay, we're not going to have time for The Bachelor either. Here's what I'm going to say. This is movie week at DNVR, which I personally am really excited about. We have been fighting about seating in brackets and which movies deserve to even be in the bracket and all that kind of stuff for... Over a month, because I know we were talking about before Christmas. It's it's been a long time that we've been planning all this out and fighting about how to handle everything. Um, and Drew Creesman of DNVR Rockies has been like the key to all of it. He's doing an incredible job too. Um, left off a couple movies at the end that people are upset about. Turns out, sixty four best sports movies of all time is not enough to please everybody. Who would have guessed? There's fights about the seating, which I think is really fun. The first round of voting was today, Monday. Um, the way it works there's it's, I mean you know how <laughs> I'm talking to college basketball fans. You guys know how a bracket works. you know you have the four regions. one's like the Mile High region. that's the football movies, one's uh, ballpark region. those are the baseball movies. Uh, one is the can region named after Pepsi Center. Um, that's the hockey and basketball movies, and then there's one that's just called Extra, and that's where all the extras go. Um, Dodgeball's in that. Uh, Caddyshack is in that. A uh, Rocky's in that. Like, a serious movie as well. I've never seen Rocky. I've never seen virtually any of these movies. And, uh, again, it caused a rift. People were uh, pretty, pretty upset with me on Twitter. Um, and if you guys have any recommendations for what sports movies I need to see, let me know because I would love to be better about this. It just kind of feels like, you know, like I would love to be the kind of person who just has like a great literary background. Like I would love to be able to say like, I am very well read. I I would never say that. I would like for other people to say that about me though. Um, So feel free if you want, I would appreciate that. But uh, to do that, you have to read so many books and I just don't have time to read enough books to to feel like, wow, I I have a good grasp on American literature, but I could start chipping away. I could start being like, huh, Lord of the Flies. I've heard that's a that's a one to know. Um But it just feels like such a big project I never get started. It's the same thing where typically with me with movies, like I, I if if I don't watch it in the month between when it comes out to rent, um, and then a month from that point, then I'm probably never going to see it. That's just the way that it works. Um, hey, there's Chase Howell saying, "Glad I sent the army on you." Great moments are born from great opportunity. What a what a great line! Might get that tattooed. Um, it's late. I have a bunch of bad ideas when it's late. Uh, <laughs> made made the decision to buy Av season tickets when it was late, for example. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys are all really involved in this bracket. It's been a lot of fun. And the best part is there are so many things that people fight about and their fights where you're like, wow, I wish people didn't fight so much. But reading through all of the fights that we're having about these movies, I honestly wish people would fight more. All of these fights have just been incredible about such trivial things. It's so much fun. And now I get to pick sides. And my side is, if you say Miracle is not the best movie of these 64 movies... I will say that you're wrong, and I will say that very loudly and firmly, and I will say it despite having not seen probably 50 of the movies, and I don't care because that's how arguments work, um, but yeah, all the Twitter polls are out there, Monday, today was like the first day, like the round of 64, we named all the rounds after different things in Denver. Uh, we, this has been a lot of fun, but, um, tomorrow is Tuesday. And so you can find like the Twitter thread at DNVR, the main DNVR account. And throughout the day tomorrow, you can vote on the round of 32, which has a clever name, uh, a clever name that I actually don't know. Um, It's going to be so much fun. It's going to play out all week. It's Oscars week, by the way. This isn't just like some random week, some random thing we wanted to do. Uh, Like the uh, awards were. Those were like four weeks after the new year. But it's Oscars week. We're going to crown the best sports movie of all time. And we're through the round of 64. It's down to 32. Or I guess there's still like 12 hours left in the voting. Some of them are pretty close. There are some upsets. Again, I just wish I knew more of these movies. Um... My plan is, though, my plan is to just go through all the one seeds um, and and watch all of those first. So, you know, Miracle was one of the one seeds. Uh, what else? Oh, Field of Dreams. I've never seen Field of Dreams. I have seen Remember the Titans. I have not seen Raging Bull. Those were the four one seeds. So I'm just going to go through and watch all the one seeds um and watch as many movies as I can. See how quickly I can get through this. And then once I do that, I'm gonna get through all the two seeds. So like uh Creed, I haven't seen. Um I haven't seen where is number two? Oh Friday Night Lights. I haven't seen Friday Night Lights. Uh number two in the can region. White men can't jump couldn't even tell you what it's about Uh, I know it's basketball I guess I have seen Moneyball. those are the number twos so my plan is just to go through the ones and then the twos but then like if if they're already out of the bracket then I'm just going to skip it so like if we get to the point where I'm in the threes but one of the threes is gone I'm going to say nope not watching that moving on to the next three or to the fours I don't think you care but that's what I'm doing I'm really excited about because I hope all these movies are as good as miracle was um why have I never seen that who knows where I'd be in life? I might be—I might be a professional hockey player. Hell, i am i am i am i am as old as Kale McCarr. I might be in the NHL if I'd watch that when I was what? That came out when I was seven. Ugh, what a missed opportunity! What a missed opportunity! Um, but if you guys have any movies that you suggest I like skip the pack with and throw at the top, I would definitely love to hear those. Um, Friday Night Lights, for example. I guess that already is a one seed though um, or is that two seed? I can't remember. It's a two seed, I think, but, um, that's one where people have been saying I need to watch it. Space Jam. Silver Buff was saying I need to see Space Jam, um, which seems like a good idea. Space Jam is up against Slapshot in the first round. (laughs) Tough draw. Nope, that was wrong. I'm pretty sure that was wrong. Um, Space Jam's up against Mighty Ducks. That's right. I've seen neither of those movies. Um, I wonder what's winning. Doesn't matter. We are 16 minutes into this podcast, which is just incredible. Um, But yeah, hopefully you guys are as bought into this movie thing as I am because it's going to be so much fun over the course of this week. Um, Sports though, sports. The Buffs played, in case you didn't hear. They played USC and things went much better than they did against UCLA. Like, again, that that was that was the Buffs team that we've been wanting to see. The Buffs team that can just take over a game against anybody, dominate them from start to finish. Doesn't matter if they're long and athletic and technically more talented if you like go back and look through what the recruiting services said back in the day. It doesn't matter if they're like in USC's gym. They can just go in there and beat them. And that's that's just pretty nice. Uh it's so easy to feel confident about the buffs going forward after seeing something like that. And you know, that it doesn't mean that the UCLA loss doesn't mean anything, but it's it's just good to remember that this is a really good basketball team that's going to be in pretty much every game it plays and at least if it shows up. So that's that's good. That's my big takeaway there. Um, We'll dig more into that in just a minute. Um, But first, I want to tell you a little bit more about Illegal Pete's. Remember them? I shouted them out like a long time ago now. Um, Illegal Pete's, they're they're the best. They have the best burritos. They have the best tacos. They have the best nachos. um, And they have the best margaritas too. And if you want one of those margaritas, here's what you can do. You can just... Uh, go to illegal Pete's and if it's the same day as you're going to an event, whether that's like a football game or a hockey game or a basketball game or most other games as well, um, or a concert, I wonder if they might take movie tickets. I wonder if they take zoo tickets. I have a zoo membership, so it probably wouldn't work. Otherwise I'd just be in there getting free margaritas every day. Oh, I don't know if you could go to multiple illegal Pete's, but there are six in Denver, uh, two in boulder and one in fort collins so maybe you could take the same ticket to one illegal pete's before the event and one after and then buy um one burrito at each place because if you buy an entree you get a free margarita or draft beer with like if you show them the ticket it's a great deal um it's a great burrito uh it's a great margarita I haven't. I I mean, beer. You know how beer is. They're they're labeled, Um, but yeah, there's just no way that you can beat that. Uh, Google wants to verify me, which is weird because I'm here all all the time. Um, But I also want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery, which is a great Colorado beer. They started in Breckenridge, Colorado. They've been in Colorado ever since. They were able to like secure some funding. Like they got bought out by some bigger company and now they get to sell their beer all over the place and they're really just putting Colorado craft beers on the map which is pretty cool um because they made it we like them in the same way that we like uh 303 we like the fray um we like not imagine dragons there's one that reminds me of them um what is that band I saw them I think most of us have. They played the parking lot of a mall. Um, Well, we'll come back to that. But also, uh, there's the Gregory Isaacov, Gregory Allen Isaacov, Gregory. Three names. One of them's Gregory, one's Isaacov. Uh, He's also from here. He made it big. These are all musicians who made it big. In the same way that we like them, though, we also like uh, Breckenridge Brewery because they make good beers. They make us look good. Um, And they partner with DNVR and let us do cool things like host their watch parties and promote their stuff in our shirts. You know, the stuff we do. Uh, Breckenridge Brewery is awesome. We really appreciate them. And hopefully you guys are supporting them as well. Uh, If you check out the Breckenridge event calendar at dnvr.com, or actually it's thednvr.com, then you'll see all of the different things that we have planned. Um, and it's sponsored by them in case you couldn't tell. Um, up next on Saturday and I'm not sure what time this is and I'm not sure what time the buffs basketball game is, but, uh, there's a watch party for either the abs or the nuggets. I actually don't know where it is, but Saturday, keep that in mind. Um, we don't have tickets, so you can't use the ticket to go get a free margarita from illegal Pete's. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say about these places for now. Hopefully, I didn't take too long, and it did. Okay, uh, more about basketball. Uh, Before we actually get into some of the details, um, and because I really don't want to forget, McKinley Wright the Fourth was named a finalist for the Bob Cousy Award. It's uh, it's not surprising, given how good McKinley is. It is surprising whenever you get any sort of recognition of this level. Uh, Essentially, he was told that he is a top 10 point guard in the entire country, which is pretty cool. Um, It's him, Jared Butler from Baylor, Trey Jones from Duke, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State, Devon Dodson from Kansas, Ashton Haggins from Kentucky Marcus Howard from Marquette Cassius Winston from Michigan State Peyton Pritchard from Oregon Malachi Flynn from San Diego State. I mean what a great group of names to be listed in especially in a season where McKinley hasn't played the best he can and I don't think that that is unfair to say I don't think he would disagree I don't think any of his teammates would and I know Tad wouldn't Um Although it is always interesting, I do, uh, Tad loves McKinley. I, I think that that is so obvious, and and he loves all those guys. Like they wouldn't be there, they wouldn't work out if he didn't. Like you just have to have a really good relationship to spend that much time together when it's such a small team. But McKinley in particular, boy, does Tad just gush about him. At the same time, I think he'd be more than willing to say. McKinley, for a stretch, was having way too many turnovers. His shots weren't falling enough. He couldn't figure out what pace to push. And despite all that, over the course of the season, he still played like a top 10 point guard in this country. According to the national media, which... Actually, I don't know who picks this, now that I think of it. But again, it comes from a national perspective. And sometimes, when you're in a place like Colorado, it's tough to uh, be recognized. Uh, So it's the Basketball Hall of Fame that makes the decision. But again... He's not playing for UCLA or Kansas or Kentucky. He's playing for Colorado, and he's still getting this recognition. So impressive. Um, So happy for him, more than anything. And if he finishes this season the way he is capable, then uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Actually, then he probably goes to the NBA next year, which would be really disappointing. Um... Okay, the game this weekend, though, the, the the one we want to talk about, not the other one. Uh, again, just so impressed by this whole team effort. Um, and I don't know more to say. Like, if, if, there's, if there was a question in your mind going into it, the answer was whatever the most positive answer could be. Um, what did we think of Dallas Walton? Again, put up five points on two shots. Only played eight minutes, even though I thought he'd play more. Um, Grabbed three rebounds in that time. It's 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 a strong performance, even if it wasn't the highest quantity, even if it wasn't what we wanted. But outside of him, everything else, except for maybe Dalen Koontz, but again, only four minutes. That's a small sample size. You can't expect too much from anybody in four minutes. Um, Michael Jordan could have checked into that game for four minutes and put up... A blank stat line. Um, but yeah, pretty much everybody was close to 50% from the field. Um, Kinley had three turnovers, but he also played pretty well outside of that. Four steals kind of makes up for it. The eight assists, um, six rebounds. Again, everybody just played really well, they handled their assignments well. Um, uh, the big guy's knocking down threes. I think I think that that, more than anything, is... I don't know. There are a bunch of things that define whether this team plays well or it doesn't. Um, you can afford to have a bad turnover game. You can afford to have a game where you don't defend the three well. Uh, you, you can afford to have a game where... Um, Did I say turnovers? I think I said turnovers. Uh, Offensive rebounds. You can have a game where the offensive rebounds are bad. Um, You can have a game where the the assist numbers are low. Um, The shooting isn't there. But it's just when you have two of those things that everything falls apart. Or when you're playing good teams. When you play Oregon. Or honestly, even USC probably. When you have a problem in one of those areas. That 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 might be enough to tank your team. Um, But one of those things I think is not just the three-point shooting, but the three-point shooting from the big men. Um, When you have Tyler Bay knocking down shots from deep, opening everything up for everybody. Um, I think Evan Batty has now made three-pointers in back-to-back games. Huh, like, that's not something that's supposed to happen. That's not supposed to be a part of his game. Uh, but for him to be able to do that, given what his typical role is, again, it just opens everything up. All of a sudden, if if you want Evan Batty in because he's so big and bulky on the defensive end, he's not going to give anything away for free, and you want him to play in the post as well, well, guess what? You can do those things, and at the same time, have him sit at the three-point line and clear the paint for McKinley Wright to drive or for Tyler Bay to try to get to the rim. Deshaun Schwartz was trying to get to the rim. And guess what? It worked because that guy is a great basketball player. He just doesn't always play like it, which sounds like a little bit contradictory, but it's really not. Like, that's what it is. Sometimes he plays like himself. Sometimes he plays like a, a worse basketball player than he is. Um, to see him just get aggressive, get to the rim, love that. And if you have big guys like Lucas Seaworth, we know can shoot. There isn't a team in the country that would not guard him all the way out to the three-point line. But Tyler Bay, Evan Batty, Dallas Walton made a three-pointer. It just opens everything up. All these guys doing all these different things. You just give yourself so many different ways you can beat the other team. And all of them are fun to watch. You know, if they want to get bulky and play inside, if they want to just whip the ball around a lot until it gets the open guy, if they want to clear out the paint and let everybody put their head down and get to the rim, um, they just have so many options. And that was just on display uh, against USC. They can do whatever they want when they're clicking to a lot of teams. Maybe not the 10, 15 best of the 300 and whatever teams in the country, but uh, for the other 300 and whatever, minus 10 or 15, yup, they can just handle them. Um, it's it's just been a joy to watch. Um, that UCLA game, again, losses are frustrating. And I, I think I talked about this a lot on Friday. But now Colorado checks in at number 24 in the rankings. It's not where you want to be because if you beat UCLA given everything else that happened this week uh, I should pull that up but uh given everything else that happened this week they could have made a huge jump in the rankings I mean this just to show you how the voters think of this uh game this Colorado USC game I haven't said this yet but Colorado won 7857 and if you had told me that they had won that game by 30 I would have said huh only 30. That's what it looked like. Um, ah, How much fun was that to watch? Uh, But again, that UCLA game, it doesn't quite balance out. um, But if they had won that game, then they could have made a big jump because Colorado was sitting at 20. Um, All these teams lost. Number eight, number, or actually, let's start at the top. Number five, number eight, number 10. 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 18, 20. Like there's, there's a pretty easy path to be 13th, 14th in the country if Colorado pulls out that UCLA game. Um, they didn't, and I don't know that we can go back and say that they should have. Oh, and I just totally skipped that tangent. But again, Colorado won that game by 21 points. USC was just outside the rankings last week, they didn't get any votes this week. That's how big that win was. Um, and if, if you put that power in the Buffs' favor and get that UCLA win, just just squeak it out somehow because they had those opportunities late. They just couldn't knock down the shots when they needed. They had opportunities in the middle of the game. to They'd, they'd pull within five. They'd pull within eight. But they couldn't quite get that down to a one-score game. Um until late, but if they could have just pulled that out, who knows where they'd be. Uh, they take a step back in the rankings. They go from number 20 to number 24 in the AP poll, but in the net rankings, in the Ken Palm, they go up from number 20 to number 17. So the voters don't want to reward you for splitting games, but when you go to the stats, and that's what the committee's going to be looking at, they say this was actually a pretty good weekend for Colorado, all things considered. And they they took that kind of performance against a USC team that was number two in the conference going into that game um, to make up for that UCLA game. But in my mind, they totally made up for it. Um, You know, I wrote about this, but Tad Boyle said a week or two ago that the Buffs, if they want to compete for Pac-12 title, need to sweep a road trip. They might need to sweep two only one team in the conference has swept a road trip so far this year. Just so that you know how rare that is. Um, Arizona did it this weekend. That's the only time it's happened. If you do that once or twice and take care of business at home, and that might be the problem for Colorado, then you're going to be right in it until the end of the season. Um, because it's a weird year for college basketball. There are upsets everywhere. Um, I, I'm already daydreaming about the tournament. I'm really daydreaming about the tournament. If, if this is how crazy the regular season is, just imagine the upsets that are on the way. Um, the door is wide open. Um, what else did I want to pull up? I wanted to pull up... Uh oh, maybe it was just the standings. Oh, I have the standings. I just wrote those out. Um, okay. So the way it stacks up now, though, uh, Oregon is six and two. No, they aren't. No, they are not. Um, There we go. Oregon is seven and three. Colorado is six and three. USC is also six and three. Stanford five and three. Arizona five and three. And Arizona is getting really hot. Uh, UCLA five and four. And then you have Arizona State, Cal at four and four. So Colorado is right in the mix and they take on Cal on Thursday uh, again Cal's at 4 and 4 right now and then on Saturday they'll play Stanford 5 and 3 uh, started 4-0 in conference play 1 and 3 since you win both of those Oregon only has the one game uh, against Oregon State uh, at Oregon State so you never know in those rivalry games weird things can happen especially when the the better team by far is on the road. Uh, but, you know, if, if Colorado just wins their two games, worst that happens is they're tied with Oregon in the conference standings, and they have the tiebreaker. Um, if Oregon loses, or I guess USC could potentially be tied with them too, but again, they'd have the tiebreaker, and Air, uh, USC plays Arizona this week at Arizona. Uh, and as the Buffs know, not, not an easy place to go steal a win. So... This is a take care of business week. You take care of business and all of a sudden you're back right where you want to be. Uh, Good chance you're at the top of the Pac-12 standings uh, going into a game against Oregon that's going to be massive uh, the weekend after. Um, I was talking about this on Friday's podcast, but a lot of the way this works is that you build your way up and then, or for the buffs in particular, they, they, they get some momentum and then they blow it. And then they have to, they, they kind of have their backs up against the wall like they did in this USC game. They lose this, that USC game, then things are starting to get scary, especially because of how many teams there are that are just above 500 and, or, or even at 500. Um, potential is there to get into some really scary territory. But when their backs are up against the wall, They took care of business, and now if they take care of business again, then they can build just a little bit of breathing room so that if they don't pull the road sweep against Oregon and against Oregon State, a really tough road trip. Um, Colorado already lost to Oregon State, of course. Um, Oregon is ranked 14th in the country now, I believe. Those aren't easy games by any means, even if Oregon State is second to last in the Pac-12, I think, at the moment. When that doesn't go well, then all of a sudden that's your little lump that you take, so that you're right back in that like first place pack and not just like a clear first place team. Um, and then you gotta take care of business the next week, and it's just these cycles. And right now they're in the take care of business part of the cycle. They they stole that win against USC. Now just make it count by taking care of business, um, and that's kind of I, I think that's going to be the theme throughout the week. Um, be my guess at least. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the games this weekend. I hope you guys are too. Uh, we're gonna talk a lot about those. Um, again, this is a really fun time uh, for the Pac-12. Uh, even if they only have the three teams in the rankings, only Stanford is receiving votes outside of the top 25. Um, you you look in Oregon's number 14, I think. Uh, Arizona's number 23. And then Colorado's number 24. It, it doesn't look great, but there, there are quite a few teams that I think could make some more noise um, in the NCAA tournament and kind of start to flip the narrative on the Pac-12. Um, it is really fun to have this many teams that I think are good basketball teams. They might not be the great teams. They, they might not be NCAA title favorites in the Pac-12, but... I, th- I think they go five, six deep of good, fun basketball teams. And it's going to be a dogfight to get into, you know, the the top four to get a buy and to get that number one seed by winning the regular season. Uh, so we're going to be talking a lot about that kind of stuff. Uh, what games to be watching. Um, what to expect from these teams. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of come along. I think we're what forty days, forty two days, maybe no less than that. We're like thirty eight, thirty nine days from the start of the Pac twelve tournament. Um, yeah, just weird that basketball season's already coming to the to a close. And then spring football is gonna be right around the corner, and baseball pitchers and catchers report next week. This week, maybe no. I think it's next week. It's just crazy. Um, especially when it's 20 degrees outside. Okay, Uh, before we get into questions, I think we do have a couple backed up because I have not done a good job reading those because I just assume nobody wants to talk to me anymore. Um, Hopefully by throwing out there that I am not doing well watching movies, you guys can uh, tell me what I need to see um, or even just fight about what's going on in that bracket i again there are a lot of things that we fight about that are kind of stupid fighting about movies fighting about sports that's fun stuff that's stuff that i'm here for and i i promote being mean about it um yeah but before we get (laughs) into the questions uh, i'm gonna let rk tell you about our great friends at the blake street tavern
0: What's up, guys? Ryan Koenigsberg here, and I gotta tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48, it's where I watched CU win a Pac 12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, The Buffalo Chicken Wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field, and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern.
1: Okay, so we actually have one comment. I lied about being backed up, but it's a comment from, uh, I think, Wednesday. Because Thursday was the draft pod, and then Friday I didn't get to it. And so now it's been days... uh, But here's the question from our guy, B-Mixer. You need to get tighter pants next time you're live on air. What a great point. See, we love to fight about my clothes at DNVR. I think where it starts is that there are just so many different styles. And I asked Ryan, what am I supposed to wear to the DNVR awards? And he said, literally the nicest thing you own. And so then I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I'm not going to wear that. And so I'm going to wear this suit that's like kind of like a gray plaid, um, but also has really skinny pants, Um, like very skinny pants. Um, He was worried about the circulation of my calves. Not really, but because he wanted to make fun of me, that was a pretty easy way to do it. And actually I did have to like get up and walk around because it was really tight. But uh, yeah, very tight pants on that suit. Um, I don't know if I could get much tighter, but I'm willing to try. Uh, I think while in-state recruiting looks good, these are the type of players in-state CU has been getting. Joe Davis and such, all bottom of the top 10 in-state. To me, it will change when CU starts getting the ones in the top five that have serious offers such as Michigan, Ohio State, and such. Uh, Gotta win first, though. Penry is interested in me as I do not see him as the same caliber as Brendan Rice and and et cetera. Um, Yeah, I think that those are good takes. You know, they. uh, Yeah. And that's a lot of kind of what I was saying, um, at least similar in terms of the thought process, is that, you know, to get those uh, elite Colorado recruits. You have to convince them that this is a good football program. And th- the advantage that you have of being in state, I mean, really, there, there are like two or three advantages, depending on how you want to like weight how important they are. If you want to split up like going to school with friends and being close to home, if, if we just call it like straight across 50 50 in terms of ease of personal life, and half of the value is, uh, going to a football program that you want to go to right now. Of course you still have like that ease of life transition where, you know, Carson Lee now lives an hour from his parents. If, if he wants to see them, they can get up there almost whenever he can get down. They can meet in the middle. I don't know if he has a car. I'd assume so. I, I'd guess he has a truck. Uh, that'd be my guess. Um, but I, I think that the other side of things, the football side of things, is pretty much just bottomed out at this point. Maybe not at this point. Call it, let's call it like 2015. It's pretty much bottomed out. You know, you've had like one good year. This is before the rise, um, when the hype had started to build again. You, you kind of had like the one, two good years this millennium, and that's most of those guys' lives. Uh, they they don't think of Colorado football as something they want to play for. And I guess, I mean, there are some that do. Some will still grow up being big Buff fans and will want to play for the Buffs. But they know that that isn't a strong football program. It isn't like going to, you know, 85% of Power 5 football programs. It's It's probably in that bottom 15%. And since then, Colorado has seen an uptick. You know, if you're just talking about how good have teams been uh since the rise, when I'm pretty sure what is it? They they compete for a 12 title that year and then it's five and seven for three straight years. Uh, I I believe um you know, that's not all that bad. If if you're just comparing the records, they're probably above 500 in that time. Um I think i almost I almost think I saw they they'd won like twenty five of their last fifty at some point this season, something like that but but recently they haven't been as bad, but they still kind of do have that reputation until they do make another run until they show that that wasn't just a, a fluke or an anomaly that that they can produce that and generate that and make that um not the goal, but make it kind of the standard. And There's a difference. and, and Right now, I, I think that last year, the goal for this football team was to get to a bowl game. I definitely think that was the bowl. I think going forward, that's the standard. That's, that's just what you have to do to meet the bar. Uh, I think Mel would say, going forward, if you don't make a bowl game, it's a failure. Um, and he, he he may have even said that about last year too, but I don't know that he truly meant it deep down. I, I, I definitely think he thought there was the potential for that team to do that. And I think that he could get the team there and he knew he could get the team there, but um, the odds still were stacked against him. Now I think it's, it's time to up the ante a little bit. If, if, you know, I, I called the five wins last season this year, I'm going to say that this is a six-win football team. I might even say seven. I think I said seven in my like first reaction to the schedule. And I've been going back and forth because there are a lot of games that I think that they'll have a chance in. Um, and they also have a chance to lose. And and a lot of those games, Colorado lost last year. Um, you know, they... they e- if, if you somehow, like, if Mel had a, a genie pop out of uh, whatever that little pot thing that a genie lives in, and the genie said, you get to go back and replay three football games starting at whatever moment you want, you know, he can go back to that Air Force game and flip the result there. He can go back to that Arizona game and flip the result there. He can go back to that USC game and flip the result there. And then all of a sudden, that's an eight and four football team and can you imagine what the national media would be saying about mel they already love him it's it's honestly weird for me to see uh every time i i see mel mentioned in those circles i'm like wow that's pretty crazy but then i think about i'm like who who else would you want he's the rising star in uh coaching circles He's, he's supposed to be the next big thing. Um, outsiders are looking at this as, you know what? This is the next step. He's, he's checked every single box. Some of them he's checked twice. You know, he's been NFL defensive coordinator at multiple different teams, not because he didn't do well, but because that's just what he did. He wanted to hammer home all that different stuff. You know, what he said is that he, he didn't go to the NFL because he wanted to be an NFL football coach. He went because Nick Saban told him, that's what you have to do. That's how you really learn the game, is go see what happens at the NFL level and then bring that back to college with you. And he did that, and he learned that, and then he learned it again, and I think he actually learned it a third time. And he has just checked every box all the way through. Some of them he's checked multiple times. Now this is just the natural spot for him to start um of a, a, a pac 12 school a power five school that is considered on the lower end and i think maybe wrongly considered um considering the uh that's a lot to consider uh considering what has happened here over the last four or five years they've they've been decent it's not like it's a dumpster fire like it was for a couple years uh before that um and and that's what's supposed to happen the, the national media would say yep this is the uh, the spot where he's going to go, he's going to turn things around, he's going to get them to an above average bowl game, and then he's going to make the leap to, uh, I think they'd say the SEC. I think it's probably, um, he seems like a Big Ten guy. Um, I don't know. I, I could see SEC for sure, uh, but, but that's kind of what the national media thinks, and that's the path that he's on, um, and that's definitely the path that he's following. I think what they're missing is that you know with Rick George here at Colorado I, I don't think that it's it's like a foregone conclusion that this isn't mel's last stop uh, and this this isn't where mel wants to just be after he turns things around he might just want to run it um again that's a ways down the line uh but but that's kind of where he's at and i also think that this is a great spot for him because uh they they already have that 5 and 7 base laid and because the national perspective of Colorado is, oh, Colorado, they probably win three games a year. Um, that, that means that he uh, when he gets them to eight wins, it's going to feel like he did more than he actually did um, for people who weren't really paying attention. Um, and, and that also makes it a very good opportunity for him. The point is, and I'm not sure how exactly I got onto the, this tangent, it is 1.30 in the morning, luckily I don't have to be up early tomorrow, I probably will wake up early and watch more sports movies, but uh, you know with in-state recruiting, guys have to grow up Buff fans, That that's how you keep the 4 star, 5 stars that are leaving Colorado, um, you you win. You you make them fall in love with the buffs when they're three years old, and when their options are, I can go to, uh, you know, Alabama or Clemson. I have offers there, and I can compete for playing time for three years and play the fourth year, uh, and then start my fifth year and probably be in the national championship conversation. Or I can go to Colorado. And I could probably start my second or third year because that's how talented I am. And we'll be competing for a Pac-12 title every year. And you know what? If things go well, maybe we are competing for a national title. That path is on the table. That's, that's all you really need. You just need guys to think that year in and year out, your, your goal is a Pac-12 title. And I, th- I think that Colorado is on that track. In the way that last year their goal was a bowl game, now the standard is a bowl game. And and the goal is to get to the eight wins. To I think the eight's probably the goal. They if if six was the goal last year, I think eight's the goal this year. And that might sound crazy considering all that they lost. You know, Visca's gone. Uh Steven Montez is gone. But this is a defensive football team. This is a football team that's built in the trenches and you look at this group of running backs it's going to have, you look at the quarterback, if, if Brendan Lewis turns out to be the guy, uh, that, that it's going to have. A, a runner, a dual threat, adds so much. This offensive line, I think, is going to take a step forward, despite losing Tim Lanotte, despite losing Arlington Hambright. Um, They have young, talented guys. I think William Sherman is a candidate to declare for the draft after his junior year this year. I think that's totally on the table. You lose Visca, uh, a first-round pick, Will Sherman might turn out to be a second-round pick after this season. Um, I would not be surprised to see that out of him. Uh, He just seems like that type. You watch him play, and he can be pretty dominant. Uh, You look at the trenches on the other side boy, does that look great. Uh, you know, you don't know what exactly you're getting out of Jason Harris as a freshman. You, you don't know whether Antonio Alfano's waiver is going to clear. But but if things break right, all of a sudden, you are beating virtually every team you face in the trenches. Maybe not Oregon, maybe not Utah, depending on what they look like next year. But the rest of the Pac-12, I'd feel pretty confident against up front. Um and that sets you up to be in good position. You look at the linebackers in that defense. Uh, Nate Landman, I've said before, um, I think he's going to be the best, at the worst, a top three linebacker in the Pac-12. Uh, next to him, you have guys with some experience. Um, John Van Deest could take a step. Akil Jones, Marvin Hamm, the young guy, uh, I like Mr. Williams. I don't think he'll be ready. Uh, you have the transfer, who I think fits in well right there. Might be a star, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, I like that group. Um, you look at the secondary. Uh, you don't know about the safeties. Trey Udofia is transferring, in case you guys didn't pick up on that. That was over the weekend. Uh, or He's not transferring. He's graduating. Um, and he isn't coming back for his redshirt senior year. But the cornerbacks, that young group, more developed, I th- I think they could be making some plays outside, putting the offense in good situations. This, this football team is coming together, and you, you can see what the identity is, and it's a really exciting identity, and it's the kind of football that you see find success in the playoffs. I mean, I, I know that the, the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl by not doing this, but that team is just special. That offense is just special. And there it's rare that you have a team like that. You know, on the other side, you see,, um, you know, the Titans who made it to the AFC championship game because they had that strong running game. They could run over everybody and their defense could do enough to let that shine. The defense made the offense opposing offense work, even though it wasn't all that good of a defense. You look at what the 49ers did, running the ball playing good defense, winning in the trenches every single time. That's what Mel Tucker's trying to build, and he uh, he already has the pieces at, at the positions that are at the core of what he's trying to do. Does he need to see receivers develop? Yep. He he might not have the guys he needs outside, or at, at least they're not ready yet. Um Maybe outside linebacker, you want to see more. At safety, you want to see more. But in the trenches, I think they have the guys to compete uh, with almost anybody in the Pac-12. Um, and that means if you get a couple bounces, then you are competing. You know, you get Oregon at home, uh, plus second year in the scheme. That's that's the year, that's the money year. Wade Phillips was famous for this. His second year coaching a defense, they would just take... A, a, An outstanding leap um because it just takes time for things to set in um and and now they've had that so i i do think that even though you do lose your senior quarterback even though you do lose visca i think that the goal is now eight wins instead of six wins um and i i think the standard moves up from five wins to six wins um and then next year it goes up again, and the year after it goes up again. And then all of a sudden, guys who you're recruiting know Colorado as a team that's been in a bowl game every year there in high school um, when you're going after juniors. And that's what it takes to flip. Um, and then five years down the road, you're recruiting guys who've never seen anything but Colorado being a bowl-eligible team. And, and that's when you start to just cultivate diehard Buff fans in the state and I, the path is very much there. And and it's not even... They aren't at the start of the path like they were a year ago. They're a couple steps down the way. And after next year, if everything goes well, they'll be a couple steps further. And that's just what you want. It just takes time to build. And eventually you do get the Max Borgies, You do get the Christian McCaffreys. But until then, it's going to be frustrating every time those guys leave the state. And then some of them still will. They always will. But Colorado really can't afford to lose top talent here because they are competing with, you know, UCLA and USC when they go try to recruit California. Um, When they go recruit Texas, they're competing with Texas and Texas A&M and Texas Tech, who all have that home field advantage. Their home field advantage, the Buffs, isn't as strong. There isn't as much talent in Colorado. But it's not like it's totally dry. And they need to get as much as they can out of it. Um, What else did B-Mixer say? Was there anything else? I don't think so. Oh, Penry. Yeah. um, Penry's definitely interesting. I've I've seen some of his tape. Uh, Dominant in Colorado high school football. Uh, I think that he will be a contributor for the Buffs. Um, Brendan Rice, on the other hand, is a guy who you say, hey, he's going to get a shot in the NFL. Is he a draft pick? Maybe not, but there's a good chance he's um, invited to a training camp, and that's kind of his his expectation. Um, That's what you should see from him, given how talented he is and where he's been recruited. and And if things go well, and there is more he can provide, especially because he did improve late in his high school career, Uh, if you remember, after he committed to Colorado. He really took off. His numbers made a big jump. Uh, some, some like pundits were saying they think like the, the weight was lifted off his shoulders. He wasn't worried about college, and he re- just went back to playing football. Uh, whatever it was, he got better late in his career. Um, it looked like he was a different player when he got to the uh, All-America game. He he was kind of the star, as you'd expect, when your name is Rice. Um, I, I do think that that lends... Uh, it, it makes it easier for the cameras to catch you. You know, everybody wants to see Jerry Rice's kid ball out, and that means they're watching for it, and that means they're more likely to see it when it happens. But it happened, and they saw it, and you'll see the clips of the route running. Uh, you'll see what he did. It, he's improving and I, I do think that the, the ceiling is very high for him. Um, you bring in a Shad Clayton on Wednesday. Mm, this class is something special. Uh, but yeah, Penry, he does project as a, a, a rotational player, I think. Uh, he has the size. I think he's a great athlete for the size. Um, sometimes you see guys like that who, who things just work out for. Um, Tony Brown being an example. What... What was Tony Brown's elite trait? Um, His elite trait was that he was highly productive and made plays he shouldn't have been able to make. And that's not something that you can really see in the numbers. But you do see some of that. You see see Penry making some plays uh, in high school, even if he isn't a guy who you necessarily expect to be a star at the next level. Uh, So yeah, I, I definitely think he's a good get. I think that he's uh what you build your class off of, but then you you go after some of these guys who are projected to be uh, draft picks, and and he just isn't that out of high school. But there's plenty of time to change the narrative. He's 18, uh, 17 maybe, <laughs> Hell, could be 16. Um, the recruiting is going well. Well, we'll see what happens with Ashad. He was on, <laughs> he was on Periscope tonight. In his uh Buffs crew neck. It's a great crew neck. Uh, it does make me wish that I was just like a Buffs fan. Because of how cool the black and gold is. And how much fun I'd have just wearing the black and gold around. But I feel like it's... I don't know. Like you you can wear just like a random team's colors. and 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 just like rep it. Like you see that kind of stuff all the time. But when you're covering the team it's a little bit different. Uh, which is too bad. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty high on this bus football team. As as you know, you should be this time of year as we start to approach spring football. Um, we haven't seen the flaws yet. And there will be flaws. You know, something we expect to go well won't. Um, you know, again, knock on wood for all this, but Alex Fontenot takes a step back. None of the quarterbacks are ready. Uh, none of the receivers are ready. Uh pfft. The, the the holes that that you're hoping to fill. You know, Josh Gines uh, be, behind Tim Linat isn't able to hold down the center position until halfway through the season. The, the waiver doesn't clear. Like, all, all of these little things could pop up. Like, knock on wood, injuries. But where things stand right now, I'm optimistic. Um, typically, I am optimistic, though. So keep that in mind. Uh I don't know. I'm excited for football season. I'm really excited for football season. Are we watching the XFL? Is that a thing we're doing? Um I I honestly haven't really heard if football people are actually tuning into that and it's going to be something we talk about and care about. Crazy how that works though, right? Like we will all just collectively decide like are we going to have conversations because if we have conversations, everybody's going to have to watch. And that's why I watch The Bachelor and boy do I love that. I have some thoughts. Um, we, m- we might need to get into that at some point this week. I-, I have my power rankings. I'm waiting. I guess I could probably send them now. But Justin Michael covers the Rams. He was like an hour behind watching, so I didn't send my power rankings right away to the group because um, I didn't want to spoil it because then he'd know who got cut. But uh, it's shaken up to be a doozy. I'll say that. I'm so excited. Um, It's getting down to it. I think there are 10 people left, and he's just got to keep winding down, winding down. There are a couple that really got to go. Okay. Um, That was the show. We will be back tomorrow on Tuesday with another edition of the DNVR Bus Podcast. Uh, really excited to talk to you. It's weird how I like miss you guys. I don't know what it is like psychologically, but when I, especially like when my roommate's gone, like he was this weekend, like I, I don't know. I, it's it's like I'm isolated, and then all of a sudden this feels like real human interaction when really I'm just talking into a microphone. Um, but you're all out there listening, and I appreciate you for that. Um, hopefully. You guys are buying into this bracket thing because uh, I'm gonna be binging sports movies and reporting back um, throughout this week. So yeah, I'll be back Tuesday. Uh, what's the schedule? Wednesday, I'll be at Blake Street Tavern to see Mel Tucker, see a whole bunch of other really important people. Um, Thursday, I'll be in Boulder. I guess I'll be in Boulder Tuesday and Wednesday too, but uh, Thursday I'll be in Boulder to go to the Buffs game against Cal. Um, then Saturday there's the buffs game against Stanford. Um, that's kind of what we're looking at in terms of a schedule this week. I guess I think Thursday we'll, we'll be doing the draft pods. There'll be no buffs podcast Thursday. Um yeah. Pretty normal schedule. Um I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Leave leave some questions or your thoughts on movies or whatever. Appreciate those. Bye. I think I
0: like my This shit went Speed and pack, see you later, baby, baby. Colorado yeah. Army with soldiers like the Navy yeah. And boat where we stationed, patiently awaiting Boy. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave <laughs> Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid uh-huh. Cause you know we finna Get hit ya, hit, ya. hit, ya. hit ya. Hey. 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 You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better, hope you make it to the next whistle. and we and wait till you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last. Yeah. My Colorado swag get in the middle of the ring. Throwing blows, knocking down team after the team. They like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in that play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in that goal, you know I'm acting bad. Get up, bus with my Colorado swing. My Colorado swing. My Colorado swing. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swing. My Colorado swing. My Colorado swing. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swing. Have you ever seen around? I'm to Colorado. Bo. Buffalo is what I. man! No I Mon- swear, I think they like my Colorado I think they like my Colorado sway Cause when I'm in I do On really, own really know just how to act And when I'm in go you know I'm acting bad Holly a books with my Colorado sway My Colorado sway My Colorado sway I think they like I think they like my Colorado sway My Colorado sway My Colorado sway Man! I swear I think they like my Colorado sway